ATV Talk, the podcast. Sit down with your host industry professional, Leonard Duncan, as the men and women from the ATV world bring their behind-the-scenes stories to life. Every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And remember, dream big. It could be your story one day. GBC Power Sports Tires, a division of Green Ball Corp, has been producing industry-leading tires for ATV side-by-side market for over 25 years with tires like Mongrel, Dirt Devil, TerraMaster, XC Master, Dirt Commander, and Groundbuster. They have a tire for your application. Top racers from GNCC, Works, and Best in the Desert rely on GBC Power Sports tires. So why shouldn't you? Go check them out at gbctires.com to see the full line of tires they offer. Thank you very much. TPR Stabilizer, a leader in steering dampener technology, brings you the new Q5 Sport ATV damper with better control and handling with an upgraded vane and seal system. Go check it out today, www.gprstabilizers.com or call 619-661-0101. Don't forget to tell them ATV Talk Sandy. Jess Elioff, welcome to ATV Talk. Hi, how are you, Leonard? I'm doing great. Hey, thank you for taking some time out of your busy schedule to sit down and talk with us. Yeah, absolutely. So I did a little bit of research, thanks to you. Um, last year, you ended up third, and you won a couple rounds, and it was your rookie season at the pro level. Um, how do you think it went overall? Um. Honestly, it went better than what I expected. My goal for the year was top five and I was, you know, everybody wants to do top three, but, um, I was happy to be able to finish the year out in third. And, um, I think it was a huge learning curve and a lot of different things came into play that I never thought of from the beginning and just different aspects of it with starting in the second row compared to back in like the seventh or 11th row with the double, um, lines and, uh, you know, just a lot of different things going in the woods only with the four by four pro in front of me and the wood, like the lines not being as defined and, uh, just a lot of different things came into play and that I never really thought of. And, uh, so it was a huge learning year for me, but I'm, I'm happy to be able to say I was able to come out in third. So when, when you were talking about some of the defining factors and some of the changes, is it that big of a difference when you first go into the woods with the lines not being cut in? For me, it was, I can't speak for everybody, but that was one thing I never thought of. Cause I'm like, okay, yeah, it's going to be different going second line into the woods. But for me, it was a huge difference because if you're out, if you're not out front, then, you know, you have the people in front of you to follow. But if you're like top couple girls going into the woods and there's two lines, you know, it's just, it's a little bit more, you have to be more um, aware of your surroundings and you have to pay attention a little bit more to the arrows because you're not just following the track. You're actually like looking for the track. Really? Mm -hmm. Do you, do you get the opportunity to walk the course like uh, some of the other classes? 
Yeah. Yep. We can walk the course or you can bike it. So how does that roll into the education of the, of the, of the course for you the, the day before or the, the morning of? Um, for me, it's a, it makes a difference. Some people don't walk the track at all. Some people bike the entire track. Uh, me and my husband don't bike the track cause we're not great on bicycles, but, um, we're like four wheels instead of two. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so we walk the track Friday and we don't walk the entire thing, but we walk certain sections of it and try to look at like hill climbs or crick crossings. And for us, it makes a difference because you can pick out certain lines or be able to see certain obstacles that you'll come in contact with on Saturday. And uh, some people don't walk it at all. Some people bike the entire track, but I think it makes a huge difference to be able to do that. So when you were starting farther back in the, in the lines and that the lines were defined for you, it wasn't as critical. Um, we still walked the track when I was a women's amateur, but, uh, I would say, it, I mean, the hill climbs, yeah, it made a difference because you can kind of know what's coming up. Um, but the whole track and like in a whole, it, um, I think it makes a difference because the track is more defined when a lot of quads have been on it already compared to just one row in front of you. What I'm trying to get at is beings that you're in the faster women's pro class. Now is the education you get from walking the track beneficial um, so that you can see uh, maybe a line that's going to get you around somebody early rather than having to wait till the lines are cut in? Yes. Yes, it is. It is more beneficial to be able to see those lines. To, but when you're walking or biking the track, to be able to see something that you might not pick out right away. Right. It is means that your husband races too. Are you the one helping with the line picking, or is he trying to help coach? Um, how's that working out for you guys as a team? Um, both. We, we kind of coincide with each other and pick out certain lines or he might see something that I don't or vice versa, but he's, he runs the junior a class and all in all, he is faster than me and a more experienced rider. So he's able to show me a couple different things, but we both kind of go off of each other with what we see when we're walking. Good team then, huh? Mm-hmm. We try. <laughs> well, that's awesome. So let, let, let's roll it into 2022 expectations after coming off the third. Where were you? Where were you mentally? Um, mentally, it was it was a challenging year, but rolling into 2022, I did a lot of training over the winter. So I was I'm my goal for this year is podium finishes each race. Now, so far I got one fourth, the rest have been top three. So I'm, I'm pretty much where I want to be. I'm second in points right now. And I believe I'm behind by two points from first. And, uh, obviously my goal is to take first, but it's a two hour long race and a lot can happen. But, um, mentally it's, it's still challenging. I mean, each track or each, each race track to track is different. And, uh, there's a lot that goes on in your head on the track with the bike, but I would say all in all, I'm, I'm where I want to be so far. If you, you brought up points, 
have you looked at the way the points are broke down right now? And the first place hasn't won a race. No, they haven't, but she's consistent, very, which is very, consistent. which is very important. And well, the top four are pretty consistent minus one race for one yeah. individual. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So is it pretty much you four battling the whole race? Um, pretty much. I mean, going into the woods, there's a consistent top, like five, six girls of all of us going into the woods and then, um, just different line choicing and passing, but it is a lot of us for battling for the top positions. Yeah. I mean, it looks, when I looked at the results sheets, I'm like, the, the the top four ladies are the top four ladies, you know, yeah. mixing up the positions. <laughs> yep. Which makes it fun. I mean, they're all a little bit, well, more experienced than I am, but we're all fast competitive girls and friends off the track and competitors on the track. How does that, how does that work when you guys are out there doing battle and maybe somebody gets stuck um, is there, it, it, do you work together to get the line clear or do you make the person that's holding everybody up, do it themselves? If they're stuck to where there's nowhere else to go, then at least I can only speak for me. I'm going to get off my bike to go help them get out of the way. If there's like, if I can't go around them and that way we can all keep going, but if they're stuck and there's another line or I can go through the woods to get around to make the pass, then I'll get around to make the pass. But if there's nowhere to go, then obviously I'm not going to just sit there and watch them try to get their quad unstuck. I'm going to get off and help them. So then I can continue my race as well. It's a little different when you're in the pro class versus the amateur class, isn't it? It's very different. (laughs) Yes. It's very different. I don't want to say that it's cutthroat because I really don't think it is, but you are racing for, more than just a trophy. Yeah. Yeah. Mentally it was, it was, yeah, different physically and mentally it was, it's a lot faster pace. Um, the girls are very experienced riders and that makes a huge difference to be able to just like at times when I'm behind Tracy Pickens, she's just such a smooth, consistent rider that I know that I, I can just pace her for a little bit and pick her lines because she has very smart line choicing and she's, she's very good. And that's like all the top girls are very consistent and smooth and efficient. Is it like on the job training when you follow her? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, you you take champions like that and people that are very skilled and you follow them because they're going to teach you something every time you're behind them. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Sometimes when they're behind you, they're teaching you something. You just haven't caught the lesson yet because they haven't passed you. Right. Right. Sometimes yeah. she'll take a line and I'm like, how did she even see that line? It's just, it's impressive to be able to follow the girls that are more experienced than me because I haven't been racing for a long time. And it's, it's impressive to be able to see them pick things out and just what I need to work on, what I need to look for. Does that give you a different perspective when you go to the next race and do the track walk where you're looking for those hidden gems? 
Yeah, it does. It also makes a difference walking compared to racing it because you're going at a lot faster speed. So something you see walking, you might not pick out when you're racing just because you're going through it a lot faster, but yeah, it, it makes a difference. Yeah. I know right, race you, to race. When you add mile an hour to it, the, the, it changes the vision. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit. <laughs> so let's talk about your win. Talk me through that day. Yeah, that I was going in with high expectations for myself. I, I typically do have high expectations race to race for myself. Um, just cause I know that I've been working hard and training down South a lot over winter and in the gym. So riding all winter in the sand, I was hoping that I would do good. And last year was my first win in Florida. So I, I had high expectations like, okay, I trained all winter in the sand. I won here last year. So going into it, I'm like, all right, but I can do this, you know, self-confidence. And, um, so going into it, I was, I wasn't leading. Um, there was a little bit of a battle. It was a dusty race. So it was a little challenging, but I just knew that I had to learn the track fast. So I knew where I could make the passes because it wasn't, you couldn't pass all over, but I had to, I'm learning how to learn my competition. So like some girls are faster in the tight stuff. Some are faster in the fields. Some are faster in the rough. Some are faster in, you know, just, just different sections of the track. The girls are faster at. So I knew that, all right, I'm strong and I might be able to power through the sand whoops faster than the other girls. So where I'm like, okay, Kate's going to be fast in the fields. Tracy's going to be really smooth through the rough things. And Hannah's just fast in general. I knew that I had to be fast through the sand whoops because that's where I thought their weaknesses might be. And so the points of the track where I thought other girls would be slow, I just pushed through and kept going. And it was a very rough track, but then it was very hot. But I'm like, all right, just a little bit further, a little bit further, one more mile, one more mile. And I just kept pushing through the entire race and I was able to come out on top. Where did you start off in the first turn? Um, I want to say I went into the woods fifth or sixth all year. I haven't had great starts. My bike fires on spot. It's just me. And even that alone, starting in the pro row instead of women's amateur, it's a huge difference. And I did it all of last year, but I haven't had great starts last year or this year. I've always been like top five, top six, which I would like to be, you know, going into the woods first or second. So I don't have to work my way up into the top three positions, but I also feel that it's okay not to go in first because like I said, the track's not super defined and I might get a little anxious and make a wrong decision or not be able to see the arrows clearly or something. But I think I, I think I was top five or six going into the woods of Florida. So you had some work to do to get to the lead. Yeah. Yep. Each race I have, <laughs> I try to make it hard for myself, I guess. Who was in front of you um, at the end that you passed? Oh, that's a good question. I want to say it was Hannah or Tracy. I think Tracy was in front of me at the end and I was able to pass her just before, just a couple miles before the finish. 
I was able to pass her. In the sand whoops? I did actually pass Tracy in the sand whoops. <laughs> I did. <laughs> That's, that means for an epic race there, everything that you were planning on worked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And every race this year has been close. It hasn't, the one, Kate's first win, she won by over a minute. Um, it could have been even a couple minutes, but each race, I mean, we've all been very close. It's, it's been a battle. It hasn't been easy, which I was hoping it'd be a little easier with all the training that I was doing this winter. But it, I mean, all the other girls were training just as much as I was. So each, as, each race has been close. So as you raise the bar, you feel everybody else in the class has raised the bar with you. Yeah. And they were already. Yeah, which is good. I, I don't want to just go out there and ride by myself. I I like the competition and being able to battle. Right, right. Have you changed much in your bike setup from then to now? Um, not anything major from last year to this year. I changed Nerf bars. Um, yeah, not. I don't think anything major. So controls, tires, motor, it seems to be pretty much the same package. Yeah. Yeah. Seems to be working out for, well for you. Mm-hmm. Did, did you guys do any uh, bike testing in the off season as well as all that extra training? Yeah, we did some shock testing. I got a stiffer rear shock and uh, did some testing on that. And, um, BNR Motorsports does all of our motor work. Well, my husband does like all the mechanical stuff, but we get all of our parts from BNR. He does all of our servicing on our shocks and he's great at it. He's uh, able to be able to tune it in real nice for each rider and like specifies it for the rider's ability. And um, yeah, we did a little bit of shock testing and adjustments on those. But other than that, my bike's pretty much the same as it was last year. Well, that's good that that you like that package. Um, Mm -hmm. Have they wanted to spend more time with you and do more development work with you? Yeah, he actually, he does. He off of the off, um, the off weekends, we actually go and ride and he watches my bike, watches how everything goes and makes adjustments here or there. When you say he. Ryan, the owner of BNR. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> trying to give him, a, trying to give him a plug, you know? Yes. He, yep. If he's going to yeah, do awesome. that work. He awesome guy. It. Awesome company. Yeah. I hear a lot of the woods people that I talk to uh, or the XC people talk about him. Um, yes. I'm going to I'm gonna have to introduce myself and, and have a conversation. You know? Yeah. He's, he's an awesome guy. He definitely knows what he's talking about. That's awesome. That, that, that your package, uh, when I want to off topic for a minute, when you race in the mornings and then your husband races in the afternoons, um, how's he doing with you giving him some of the track pointers? Um, is it helping his racing and helping his finishes? Because you have a great insight to things on the track that he's got to look for. Yeah. I like to think that it helps. I guess I never actually asked him, but (laughs) race to race. I try, (laughs) I try to give him little pointers and things that messed me up during the race. I try to tell him or certain hard sections, 
they always typically have a longer track than we do. So they always do a section that we don't do of the track, but um, all in all, I feel like it has to be beneficial because of certain obstacles that I come in contact with. Like the last race, I end up going over the handlebars and I told him where that was. I'm like, Hey, there's a kicker right in between mile marker nine and 10. Be careful. It's a right-hand turn. There was a hole going over a little single and just little things like that, that I think is, has to be beneficial because going into the race blind or going into the race, having a little bit of insight for what might come per mile marker. Um, I feel like it has to help them. So let me ask you about promoting the, the women's XC. Um, have anybody ever talked about trying to move you, your group into the afternoon race because you are considered a professional women's class? As far as I know, I don't believe they've talked about it. Um, I don't know. I guess I can't say I don't know why they don't, but the four by four pro and the women's pro are not in the afternoon. And I've wondered that myself a little last year, but sometimes I'm also happy that we're not because the track (laughs) is way rougher in the afternoon compared to the morning. But I would agree. I mean, it's we're pro riders. So, you know, the afternoon men's pro, um, they have to do it. So why wouldn't we have to do it or four by four have to do it? So I guess I never put too much thought into it, but if that's where they put us, then I'll race it. <laughs> well, it would have to be pet- petitioned. That means the, yeah. riders would, the, the, the riders would have to get together and petition it and see if it's feasible, you know, uh, to, to move the, that, that class up into the afternoon group. I don't, I don't know why the pro five, four by four guys wouldn't be up there as well. Yeah. I, I don't know what the reason is for that, to be honest. I wonder if they do lap times. I wonder how they, I wonder how they categorize it. They, mm-hmm. yeah, they could. Do or just how do the lappers or how do the four by fours affect you guys? Do you catch them? Certain races we do. We always catch a few of them. Um, we, uh, the four by fours, if it's a fast paced track, we don't catch the four by fours real soon, but if it's a tighter, more technical track, we catch them a little faster just because I feel it's harder for them to maneuver the quad because it's a bigger, heavier quad. But, um, there's the top guys, at least I don't ever catch like the top three to five guys. Um, but I do, I catch, um, the back four by four guys. Cause I think my best overall finish was six this year. And with just four by four pro in front of me, how hard are they to pass? Um, they're, they're not very hard. They, they move over because I feel that if they were behind me, if they got stuck or messed up or something and they came up behind me and they needed past me, I feel it's like a mutual respect. Like, okay, they're four by four pro. They're going to beep their horn and if they're faster, I'm going to let them by and then hopefully try to tag onto them and just help them or have them help me pull me through the track. Um, it's kind of like a mutual thing. All right. I'll let you buy if you let me buy. So far it works pretty good for most everybody. Yeah. Cause if you come up on someone and you rev the engine or you start yelling, they, 
typically they do move. I mean, unless they're in your class, you don't want to go up there and just like start screaming because that's in my eyes, halfway cheating. Um, at least with us top girls and, but for the four by four pro, I haven't came in contact with it being hard passing any of them. As long as you give them time to get over when they have a chance, I haven't came in contact with it being hard. When you get to lappers, do the lappers understand the the need to move out of the, the pro class way or are they stubborn? Um, most of them are fine. There's a select few that sometimes don't get out of the way as soon as you would like them to, but it's not like one person in particular I have a problem with. It just depends on, you know, where they're at in the race. If they tend to move out of your way faster because you're pro and either you yell like pro, pro, pro. And this year we're allowed to have horns, but I don't have a horn on my quad. And um, most of the time, if you just rev your engine a couple of times, they'll get out of your way. Unless they're having a battle with someone in their class in front of them. But even then, if you can say like different class pro or just continue to rev or yell, I haven't had a huge issue with people getting out of my way. So you said something about the fact that you don't feel or you feel that it's kind of cheating to to do that to your competitors. Explain that a little bit, because you're not racing for a trophy. You're racing for a, a little higher level than that. And if someone gets distracted by that and moves, that's on them. That's not on you. Right. So like, I'll be careful with my wording. So I want to say something wrong, but so the best I can explain it is like, if I come up on Tracy, Hannah, or Kate, because all four of us are the top girls in the class right now. And I feel that it's only fair because we're all very competitive and very consistent on our finishes this year. So if I come up on any of them, I'm not going to yell or rev the engine and try to get them to move out of my way to get past them. I feel that for me, I have to physically pass them and I have to earn that position. If I come up on a girl that's been taking like even fifth, sixth, seventh, like I still try to make it fair to get past them by taking another line, by taking the inside of a corner in a field section or, or something like I try to physically get past them. But if I got held up by something or you know, they got a better start than I did. And they're really holding me up like closer to a top 10 finish girl. They don't have to get out of the way at all. Cause like you said, we're racing a pro class and we are racing for more than just a trophy. So nobody has to get out of your way. But I feel that, um, there's one girl in particular that she, um, Emily Wise, I'll say her name. She's like, hey, I know you're faster than me. And she typically has a better start than me. So me and her will get out there and I'll be fine following her for the first lap or two because she's moving. She's she rolls, but she gets a little tired come lap three and four. And she's like, hey, I know you're faster than me. And if you come up behind me, I'm just going to get out of your way because I don't want to hold you up. So she's a very good rider. She's very experienced. And she used to actually race against my husband in the afternoon. So she, she knows how to ride. She knows how to ride a four-wheeler, but she knows that I'm faster and doesn't want to mess up my finish by holding me up. She doesn't have to get out of my way, not at all, because I'm competing with her. But 
she does just, I guess, out of mutual respect because she knows I'm faster, but I don't go up and rev my engine and make her get out of my way. I understand that. I, I understand that. And, and where it comes, where this comes from is because when I was Doug Eichner's mechanic, he always had a horn on his chest protector and he used it on everybody. <laughs> Pros, back markers, di- didn't matter. And it, it was kind of a, 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 a thing that he would do this. And very seldomly did he catch one of the fast guys with it. But every once in a while, one of them would get startled and move over. And after they moved over, they're like, what am I doing? You know, and it, but it was already too late. Yeah. So I, I get it. I just think it's if a pro falls for that, the yelling or the engine rev, I think it's kind of on them because they've lost focus on where they are and what they're doing. And maybe they didn't check. You know, I mean, it's you, you have to stay in control of your faculties being a pro. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. And just like when, if I'm behind them, I'll let them know I'm there by like coming into the corner and revving the engine just a little bit to let them know that I'm, I'm there, I'm pressuring them, but I'm not going to like hold it off rev limiter and try to get past them. Or if like there's a rider in between us and he's making the pass or she's making the pass for the next position and that person pulls over, I might try to sneak in there just because I'm, I'm still racing and you know get the pass that way well that's not i mean that's being an opportunist yeah it's all a part of racing so is there contact yeah sometimes yeah me and hannah actually had some contact this year and me and emily wise and i mean the saying robbing's racing it's true i mean i'm not gonna t-bone someone just to get them out of the way but i took an inside corner and rubbed up against another girl and it is what it is at certain points. I'm not just going to completely take them out, but yeah, there's definitely contact. So it but goes. I, also, I think that makes it fun too. <laughs> it, it makes it competitive and I can't say that they don't do it to me either. So. Right. I ask just about everybody that I talk to that, that, that rides in the woods, uh, hunters, hunters, uh, analogy of hitting a tree is always a a fun talk i'm going to ask you you know what's it like when you hit one of those immovable trees (laughs) oh boy what's it like um it it instantly makes me mad because i know that it was most of the time my fault sometimes you came in contact with another person and was pushed into the tree or just made a bad decision or the rut took you a little further or you went out of the rut. I mean, there's a lot of different variables, but I have nerf bars. So I have to get off my quad when I hit a tree and push it backwards or move it over. Um, it's always aggravating to me right off the bat because I'm like, dang it, this put me even further behind or now they're even closer behind me. So Yeah. Hitting a tree is never fun. And I also don't like to break things on my quad. Most of the time when I hit a tree, I bend my front bumper and then it's more work for Alex, my husband. So I don't like hitting trees. How many of the girls don't run nerf bars? I would say in general, 
I think I see more people not running Nerf bars and just heel guards than people running Nerf bars. Or if they do run Nerf bars, I've seen them also run the nets out of the front and just have nets in the back. That way they can put their feet on the ground and push backwards. What do you think about not running Nerf bars? So what's the, what's the reason for it for you? So for me, I, I'm just used to running Nerf bars because that's what Alex put on my bike and that's what I'm used to, but I also can ride without them. I just, I feel like I'm very adaptable to the quad. And like when I wrecked last race, my steering's done bent and my subframe was bent. And like, even when you get a flat tire, the quad changes, but in my brake lever, I noticed was bent down, but I feel like, okay, give me a couple turns to adjust to the different things that happened on the quad. And I'm able to adjust to it quickly. And so just like Nerf bars, I feel like, um, if I didn't have them, give me a little bit to learn it and I can be okay with it. I run them because Alex runs them and he put them on my four wheeler. So I have them, but I've also rode one of our friends quads without them. And I'm just like, okay, I just have to remember that I can't put my foot forward and rely on that net to keep me from running my foot over. And I just have to remember that and I'm able to adjust to it. So I feel like physically I could race with or without them, but I just, I have them on my bike. So I race with them. So there was no injury when you crashed last, last time? No, not, not a major (laughs) issue. Just, I hurt my leg a little bit, but other than that, Right. It is just a little sore. More ding to pride than, than the body. Yeah. <laughs> yep. What was it a, was it a mistake or, or something that, that you, uh, that you knew was going to happen? Uh, a little bit of both. Um, I need to do better at reading the track, but the track was a little bit dusty in certain sections and the kicker just, hit me right. And it, um, I tried to hit the gas because it like bucked my back end up. So I tried to hit the gas to throttle out of it, but it was already too much. And it just threw me straight over the bars. And then I was like, Oh crap, the quad's going to come over and land on me because I went in front of it. But I think it flipped over me and my seat came off my couple plastic pieces broke off. And then I'm trying to put everything back together. And I see Hannah coming up behind me and I'm like, Oh no, I gotta go. I gotta go. So it, um, it was a little bit of both. I I need to do better at reading the track, but it was also a little unpredictable and just happened faster than I could react. Is there anybody that intimidates you from behind that makes you ride differently when they're behind you? So I wouldn't say any person in general, when I know it's someone from my class, I feel the pressure's on a little bit more, but I also try to remember, okay, I need to ride my own race. And if they make the pass, then I'm going to follow them until I can make the pass on them. But anybody right behind you is intimidating, but you have to like, what goes through my head is I can't worry about who's behind me. I have to worry about catching the person in front of me because if I worry about who's behind me, I'm going to like, they're going to catch me. Or even if there's nobody behind me, like, okay, I just have to keep pushing and pushing to catch the person in front of me and not think about whoever's behind me. 
because out there, I tried to think everybody's in my class. That way, if I get lapped riders in between me and the position behind me, it's one more person that they have to pass to get to me. So I just, I try not to think about who's behind me, but anybody that's right behind you is intimidating. You just have to try to block it out. Is it hard to keep track of where you are in the race? Um, For the most part, not entirely. When you go through the finish line, it does tell you if the trans, if everybody's transponder is working, which sometimes they don't, um, it does tell you what position you're in, but I try to keep track of who is in front of me just so I know that if I pass that specific person, then I moved up in positions. But if it's a split line and they broke down in a line that I couldn't see and I pass them, then you don't know. So I just, I push the entire race. Sometimes if I'm just feeling good and in the flow, I don't even look at what score I'm in just so that's not in my head. And I just have fun because if you have fun, then you're going to do good. And the more fun you're having, the faster you actually go. Right. Right. It's the, oh, what I try to make it do is go trail ride with your friends and you always go faster than you do when you're racing. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you're having fun with it and you're able to just not be pressured and having to think about like, Oh, I just got to go, 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 you know? And even if I'm not having fun, I have to pick a spot on the track that I enjoy and have fun with. And then the whole rest of the track, if I hate it, I'm like, okay, I got to get back to mile marker four because I love that section. So you just go the entire track, just pushing to get back to that spot. That's your favorite. How could you hate any portion of the track? It's way better than mowing grass. This is true. <laughs> it's mean, true. You, you could be at, at home mowing grass or, or, you know, whatever, in some cases, shoveling snow versus riding your ATV. I know. And that's when I'm nervous, like I'll go up to you, to the youth start and, you know, give the girls, uh, like a high five and tell them good luck, have fun. And when I'm up there watching them, like the butterflies start in my stomach already in the morning. And I'm like, why do I do this to myself? Why, why do I put myself through this? But then when you're out there, it's just, it's a sport that's not like any other. And the amount of fun that you can have by doing something and the two hours goes by fast most of the time when you're out there. Um, just like you said, you're riding a four-wheeler and your, you know, your sponsors are proud if you're doing good. And, you know, it's just, you got to keep that in mind that not everybody gets to be able to do this. So I'm just happy that we're able to go out there and race our four-wheelers. Like it's, it's just awesome. How much input do you get from some of your sponsors on the style of racing that you do and, you know, giving you more, um, more tools to do better. My sponsors are actually really good. I'm, I'm happy with the amount of sponsors I have and the contact that I do have with them. And I'll reach out to a select few, um, like more of my top sponsors. I'll reach out to them just about certain things with the bike and, um, some of them are able to come to a handful of the races. So that makes a huge difference, be able to see them in person. 
and, you know, them there physically supporting you. But, um, yeah, I think this year and last year, really, my sponsors are great. They're, they help you out with whatever they can. If you have an issue or you want to make a suggestion or something like that, just emailing back and forth. And I give them uh, race reports every couple of races just to fill them in on how I'm doing. And you always get a positive response from them. They're always willing to help you. And obviously that's what they're there for, but I have a great group of sponsors this year. Well, I noticed you have a GBC shirt on. I do. You noticed the the logo over my <laughs> shoulder. Um, yep, I did. Speaking of that, Johnny Gallagher, um, being that he is a, a representative for GBC, if you're having traction issues, is he one of the people you seek out to ask questions? Yeah, he he's an awesome guy. He's right there with Ryan Smith from BNR. He's a main sponsor of mine. He's very willing to help you out with whatever you need. He's at every single race because he races, but even just off the track, on the track, he comes up and tells you good luck. And I talked to him before the race. I talked to him after the race. He's willing to talk to me on the phone if I have questions about my tires or even just in general about certain things that go on just being a pro and being a sponsored rider and trying to, uh, I don't want to say the way you present yourself, but it's different. And a lot more people are looking at you and watching you. And he's, he's just an awesome guy in general, an awesome sponsor to have. And yeah, definitely willing to help you out with any issues you might be having with your tires or just anything in general, really. After 27 years in the pro class, um, the knowledge that he has is it, it, it is such a wide range of information from suspension to tires to motor packages to to e- even some of your training techniques. Um, uh, I got to know him when he was younger, but the older version is a, a delight to talk to and really enjoy because it's always a great conversation, whether we're talking about tires or, or just how he feels on the track. Cause I like talking to him cause he's still racing. Um, yeah. You, you know, I'm older, but you know, I'm not dust yet. Um, so, so getting the perspective of an older guy is always a lot of fun because he's telling me things that the younger guys haven't even thought of. Oh yeah. Yep. He's it, it's, it, it's incredible to, be able just to sit there and talk to him. Like you said, the knowledge that he has behind it. Sometimes I'm like, wait a second, Johnny, dumb this down for me a little bit because (laughs) don't completely understand what you're talking about or how you're explaining that. And just him being able to relate to you on any level, whether he's talking to someone who's been doing it for years and years like he has, or me, who's only been doing it for four years and being able just to relate in a way that you understand it. Exactly. And that's, I mean, you can always go to some of the other pros and talk to them as well. I'm sure they they all, they all seem like really good guys back there. They, they are even like just the whole community in general, whether you talk to the four by four pros, the like my class, the women's pro, the uh, XC one guys, XC two guys, they're all it's just the whole community is very friendly and willing to help each other out. Just going to, if you need a part last minute, going down pro row, asking them, Hey, do you have this? Do you have that? 
they're so willing just to jump in and help out whenever they can. Do you see much of the same kind of characteristics from the bike side of it, the motorcycle side of it, or is it not the same kind of family orientation? So I can't speak entirely about that because I don't, I don't know enough of them to be able to say that what I know of them, the select few that I have talked to, I would say they'd help each other out just like the quad riders help each other out. But I can't say firsthand. Most of the time we try to get out of there Saturday afternoon after Alex's race to get going back home, whether he works on Sunday or whether he works on Monday, just at least the Southern race is trying to get out of there and open up another trackside spot for someone else to come in and park. But I would say all in all, they would probably do the same thing as us quad riders, just being there for each other and being willing to help. Well, that's, it's a good perspective to have because you get to see a little bit of it, you know, maybe not a lot, but a little bit of it. Yeah. Where do you see the industry going based on sponsor levels and machines that are available to ride? Um, you get, I guess, different perspectives from everybody. Some people say it's a dying sport. Some people say it's a growing sport. I think it's harder to come by quads, but as it's still, they're still available. Parts are still available. The whole thing with COVID messed a lot of um, manufacturers up and availability wise messed a lot of things up. But I would say the sport is still growing. I, I think given a little hiccups here or there, it's still a growing sport that I don't feel is going to die for a while. I don't think it's ever going to die. It's too much fun. It it is. <laughs> now the price of gas and fuel getting to the races, that's a little challenging, but it's uh, still, I mean, it's, it's too much fun. Just like you said. It's, it's almost it's some of the prices and some of the trips it's added two to three tanks of fuel cost to a trip, you know, that you don't calculate or don't count on. Yeah. You know, none of, none of us seen this coming. Well, no. some of us did see it coming, but maybe not this bad. Yeah. That's the, that, that's a tough thing. I know that some of the West coast racing, um, they've had a couple issues with, with some of the people not being able to travel. They're going to change the venues because, uh, they can't get the commitment from the, the racers to travel that far, you know, from, from a, a, a Western region race where most of your racers come from, you know, Arizona, Nevada, and California, um, to then take them to Idaho, uh, and some places in Utah, that's, that, that's a little rough. Yeah. The Southern races are harder for us just because you're traveling so far, but I still think, I still think our turnouts are very well. Our numbers are still high. You might not have as many spectators traveling that far for the Southern races, but I think all in all the turnout per racers, I think it's still where it was last year. That's excellent. That's mm -hmm. a really, I'm, I'm glad to hear that. So what do you feel the, uh, what do you feel if you had to give me a, um, 
if you had to give me a, gosh, well, I want to be politically correct. You know what? I'm just not going to be. What do you think <laughs> the outcome of this season is going to be? Are you going to take the top seat? I, that's my expectation. Top three is still, um, I'll be okay with top three, but I worked really hard this past winter and that's my goal, which I'm sure is Kate's goal and Tracy's goal and Hannah's goal. So it, I mean, I guess it's every girl's goal in the class, but I, I would like to see myself come out on the top. Well, you're doing really well. And I want to thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me today. Absolutely. I'm, I'm honored to be able to be back on here and be able to talk to you again. Oh, it's my pleasure. You gals are killing it. And I just wish I could get more of you to come and talk to me. Uh, some of the girls just either don't understand what I'm doing or maybe they just don't like to talk. I, I don't know. <laughs> it might be a little bit of both, but I can put the word out there and try to get a couple more girls on here just to support the WXC as well and try to get more people interested in it and hyped up about it. That's what I would love to hear because it's all about self-promotion and promoting the WXC is, I don't know if how much often you listen, but I talk to Andrea Berger a lot and, you know, try to do everything I can to promote uh, the, the WMX uh, as well as the, the women in, in works, because I feel that you don't get some of the coverage you deserve. I would agree. You're a pro. But- but I think we're getting better. Yeah, I, it, I is. it is. It's getting better. But yeah, I would like to see a little bit more of us just because like you said, we are pro, but it also takes each girl to want that as well. And that's, that's one of the things you, you, you the men have never had to push super hard for, well, ATV, ATV writers have always had to push for more, but the men haven't had to push as hard as I think the women will to get a a little more uh, of a position in the spotlight. Um, And I think that will come with a, with a group that wants to push. Right. And I think it also helps, obviously I would like to be top in points and be ahead of the other women by enough to where I feel comfortable, but I think it also helps when we're close in points and we're battling each race and not one person is dominating the entire races, because I think a lot more people are intrigued and want to follow us. If they're like, Oh, who do you think is going to win this one? And I think it makes it fun. It makes it, you know, not just Walker going out there and winning every race. Now you have Bryson Neal coming into the mix and mixing it up to where it's like, Oh, who do you think is going to win next one? So I think it also helps when the points are close and Kate's taken a win, Hannah's taken a win, Tracy is, I am. It just keeps it more interesting. But I'd like to hear the other girls' perspectives as well because I can give you mine, but obviously another woman might have a complete opposite perspective on things than me. That's totally true. That's totally true. I want to know who Bryce Bryson's uh, therapist was. Because I want that person working on me. <laughs> yeah. That guy, you know, going from from down and out and injured to uh, on fire. It, it's oh, yeah. Stuff. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, I don't talk to him as much as I do Walker. So I can't I don't know him personally, but I think it's fun just to watch the battle. And I watched some TV coverage of last race of the 
like three different spots to where Jerome was over top. They were making the passes back and forth. And it just, it makes it fun. It makes people want to watch, want to come and support the support the sport. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. I think if the ladies keep battling the way they are and the men keep battling the way they are, it, it's going to keep uh, the intrigue for the spectators and it's going to bring more and more racers in as well. Yep. Yep. I'd agree. Well, you keep working hard, young lady, and I'm going to keep watching and uh, we'll get you on again to maybe go over the end of the season and maybe talk about your, your number one or wherever you end up. Yep. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate it. And like I said, I'm honored to be able to be on here talking to you. All right. Well, thank you so much. The team here at ATV Talk would love your feedback. Please email us at hello at ATVTalkPodcast.com. San Diego's Body Evolution and Wellness Center. With over 17 years experience, Dr. Heidi looking out after all your chiropractic needs and Coach PJ looking out after all your fitness needs. Visit our website, www.bodyevolution.org or call for an appointment, 619-987-8875. Duncan Technologies International. More than 33 years in the industries building racing programs and ATVs around the world. We build winners. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, don't forget to rate us on all the available platforms and share us with your loved ones. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook for more ATV Talk News. See you next time.